Good morning, Family Life Church and friends far and wide. So glad you could be with us today. Uh, it's a little bit of a different morning, obviously. Uh, it's awkward speaking to an empty sanctuary, but I trust that uh, the sanctuary of our hearts are filled with the presence of the living God. Grateful that you could join with us today. Uh, there have been several people who have asked, so let me just get this out of the way. Uh, for those of you that are committed in your tithing and giving, there are three different ways that you can give. You can either still send your checks to Family Life Church at 2444 North Main Street, Warsaw, New York, 14569, and they will still be received by our treasurer and deposited in the bank. You can give through Tithely, which is our app, and that's pretty self-explanatory. There's been several announcements about that. Or you could actually go onto our website, which is flcwarsaw.com, and there's an actual donation tab that you can click on, and you can give there. I also wanted to mention, since so many of you have given for the missions trip, uh, and you're wondering about what's happening with that, that trip has actually been uh, postponed until later in the year. We're looking at potentially September. We're not sure yet, of course, what will be happening with our world. But at this point in time, we're believing for September. So your money that has been given is still being held in escrow, believing for that trip to still happen. And so thank you for your generosity in supporting our team. Um, I wanted to take a few minutes today uh, to give you all a word of settling, uh, hopefully a word of encouragement. Uh, the very fact that we're meeting this way uh, over the internet instead of gathered here in our own sanctuary, it leaves some people feeling a little uncertain and concerned, even worried and afraid. And it just doesn't feel right somehow that we're not all gathering together. Uh, I don't know about you, but I find that gathering together, hurting, connecting, seeing people really does matter. And it's at times like this that we realize how important it really is. Um, for those of you that have asked, let me just say up front, uh, Karen and I and Karen's mom are fine. We're doing well. Uh, Karen and I have some kind of a virus. I don't believe it's the coronavirus at all, but it is a virus that affects us. And so my voice is not fully back yet. And I find that my eyes tend to have the words swim on the page. So I might be paying a little bit more attention to my notes than normal. But uh, we're doing fine. And Karen's mom is doing fine. And the truth is, we're wondering how you're doing. Uh, maybe you could send us texts or uh, post on Facebook how you're doing. Uh, maybe you could even call us because we can still talk. Even though we can't be connected together as normal, we can still have connection. And so that's really important. I've seen people posting and asking on Facebook, um, what can we do during this time? I'm just giving you some of the questions that have been asked. What are we allowed to do and what isn't allowed? Does the government... The local government, state government, federal government trump the mandate of God to gather together? Can we at least meet in homes and have house church services? 
Is the government using this situation as an excuse to initiate martial law and take away all our rights? And is this a sign of the last days? Is this Armageddon? Yes, all of those have been asked. And uh, I understand about those kinds of questions swirling around in our minds and wondering what in the world is this world coming to. But I'm reminded of a time in Israel's history in which they were confronted with an enemy that seemed impossible. The king at the time was Jehoshaphat, and he called the nation to prayer. And he prayed, and his first line was this, Dear God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And my encouragement to you today is let's keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the one who saved us, who forgave us our sins, who cleansed us, who washed us. He still sits upon the throne. He's not been caught by surprise by any of this. And he still holds all of our lives in his hands. Uh, I'm reminded of times past. And some of you who are old enough will remember times when our government required that we do gas rationing. And we could only get gas on certain days of the week. And that felt like control, but we weren't claiming that they were taking away our rights. We were willing to do that as a sacrifice for one another. So us social distancing isn't a mandate of the government only. It's really a gift that we give to one another because we love and concern ourselves with their well-being. So while I have this virus, I don't want you to be near me. I don't want it to spread to you or to your children. So this is actually a, a Christian sacrifice that we make out of love for one another. Sheltering at home. It, it can feel daunting at times. You know, you've been a whole week now. And it's like, it's not quite like vacation time where you can send your kids down to the park to go swimming and play in the pool. No, it's a little bit different. But I think it is still for the good of your fellow man, your brothers and sisters in Christ. At this point in time, the government has issued a mandate, the governor specifically, that all non-essential businesses would be closed. He says this, healthy people under 70 years old should limit their outside activity to getting groceries and medicine, but are allowed to exercise and walk outside as long as they stay six feet apart from each other. Let me just kind of throw in here really quickly. If you're one of those people that, you know, you don't want to go out, you're concerned about that, and I fully understand your concerns. But if you're in need, whether it be of groceries or maybe you have need of medicines at the pharmacy and you're a little bit concerned about going out, please let us know. We would be happy to help you and to serve you in that way. Um, obviously, the closure of businesses doesn't include grocery stores or pharmacies or doctors or the hospitals. Those are considered essential at all times. The governor went on to say non-essential gatherings of individuals of any size for any reason are banned. And I've had people say to me, well, are we going to obey God or are we going to obey man? Well, I understand the question, but I think it's appropriate for us to remind ourselves of what the scripture says. Romans 13 says everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is a rebelling against what God has instituted. 
we have a mandate from God that we should love one another and gather together. And right now the government has said we can't gather together personally, but we can gather together by phone, by internet, by texting, by Facebook. You can stay concerned for one another. It doesn't stop us from loving God, loving people, and loving Warsaw. I believe that as we obey this mandate, as from God, God will actually give us grace and blessing even in the midst of it. And I know that there are those of you that disagree with our decision to close services. It felt for a while like no matter what we decided, we would be wrong. If we decided we would gather together, then some would say we were being reckless and dangerous. If we decided to close down, then we were giving ourselves over to a paranoid government. So there was a no-win situation for us. But after prayerful consideration, we felt like it was wisest for us to ask people to stay at home, to stay safe, and believe God for his protection and his help in the midst of it, while we stay connected in every way that is possible. And there is biblical mandate for that as well. In Hebrews 13, 17, where he's talking about spiritual authority in the church, he says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable. So during this time, as we're hunkering down in our homes, Let's pray. Let's believe God for his protection. Let's look to his word. Let's stay connected by whatever means is possible for you. Maybe for you, you haven't seen your grandchildren in a little while. Well, there's FaceTime. There's Facebook. Uh, there's Marco Polo. There's all different ways that we can stay connected. You can actually still write letters to one another. I know they're old-fashioned, but everybody likes to get something in the mail. So, what I want to do today is uh, I want to encourage you with a word that I have felt for myself in the midst of all of this. Uh, some of you will remember a guy by the name of Ravi Zacharias. Uh, some of you know him from radio broadcasts. He was asked, what should our focus be at all times, but especially at a time like this? And he thought about it for a minute. What should our focus be? And his answer was just mind-blowing to me. It was so simple, but so profound. What should our focus be? It should be God. That's all he said, God. And then he went on to quote St. Augustine, who said this, Thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. And I would suggest that is the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. To put our thoughts upon God. We're never going to completely feel safe and at home until we nestle ourselves into the heart of our God, our good, good Father. And if that's true, and I believe it is, then we want our thoughts to be focused on God. And what is God doing during this time? What is God saying to you during this time? Yes, you might feel like you're, you're, you're in jail at home. Well, even in jail, Paul met with God. So what is God saying to you during this time? What is God doing in your own heart during this time as you reconnect with your spouse, with your family, 
perhaps with friends over the internet. I'm not saying that we're sticking our head in the sand, that we're not aware of what's going on, but fully aware of what's going on. Can we give our hearts fully to the Lord? Rabbi Zacharias went on to say, we should begin and end our day with intentionally focusing on God. And then he said this phrase, which is what really caught my mind. He went on to explain that our thoughts on God morning and night are like the parentheses of a day well spent in his presence. Isn't it great? Our thoughts about God are the parentheses, like the big hug that pulls our day together. He was saying that every morning and every evening, we should spend time focusing our minds, our hearts on God. And let me ask you, wouldn't life go better if you did that? Wouldn't your life and life in your house, in your home look better if you spent time focusing upon God at the very beginning of your day and at the end of your day? And would that not then impact the rest of your day? Are you allowing the news, the noise of the media to eclipse the voice of God for you? And again, I'm not saying not watch the news. I've watched several of the governor's uh, news reports. I've watched the president. I'm not saying to be uh, ignorant. I'm just saying, don't let that take over your whole day. You don't have to have the news on constantly where that becomes louder than God. Let's look to the Lord in this time. Here's this guy, Rabbi Zacharias, a brilliant apologist for the gospel of God who travels the world over, who now has a diagnosis of cancer that is very serious. And yet he took all that he knows about the world and about God and he has reduced it simply to this. Focus on God morning and night. Begin your day with God and end your day with God. If you'll live all of your life aware of God from beginning to end, not controlled by CNN or by Fox News, I think life will go better. This reminds me of something that I shared with you several weeks ago. On one occasion, the great Swiss theologian Karl Barth was speaking at Rockefeller Chapel at the University of Chicago on April 23rd, 1963. And at the end of his session, they allowed for a question and answer time. And one young man stood up and he said, Professor Barth, could you possibly summarize your theology for us in a few words? Now you got to realize this is a guy that if we took all of his books that he'd ever written, I could not hold them in my arms outstretched short sentence. Well, he took the question seriously and he sat there and he pondered for a minute. And then with his accent, he began to sing, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And that's the heart of all good preaching to take complex, deep things to make them so simple that even a child could understand. David put it this way in Psalm 5, 3. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation for you. Beginning the day with God. Is that how you're doing it in these days? With your children? With your own heart? Maybe the first thing you get up in the morning, are you taking time as soon as your feet hit the floor to focus your thoughts upon the Lord? 
There's an African-American spiritual titled, Give Me Jesus. And by the way, you can Google it online and you can listen to Jeremy Camp sing it in an amazing way. But some of the lyrics are this. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. I wonder, is it possible that our attitudes and fears and worries and what ifs and wonderings would all quiet down just a little bit if we started each day before we opened Facebook, before we went online to check the latest news and what the latest casualty count is? If before we did, maybe not before our coffee, but pretty, pretty early, if before we did anything, if we actually turned our thoughts toward God, would our day be better? What would that look like for you? What would that look like for you at home if you actually woke up and said, Lord, in fact, I can remember years ago, Benny Hinn used to say, you should wake up every morning and saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. Maybe that'd be a good thing for us to resurrect in these days. Revelation tells us that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. I don't know if you've seen the picture that an artist has drawn of that Jesus at the door knocking. And if you have, you've noticed that in the picture, it shows both sides of the door. Jesus is on one side and we're on the other side and he's knocking, wanting to come into our hearts. But on his side of the door, there's no doorknob. He can't open it. It's only on our side that we can turn the doorknob and let him in. For a few moments, we step away from all the preoccupations with what has happened. And we don't allow ourselves to enter into the worries of what might happen. And we're simply there with God. I trust that will be your heart. For you, maybe it's music. Maybe you should turn on some worship music in your house. Turn off the TV. Turn off your computer for a moment. And allow worship music to fill the sanctuary of your house and your heart. For some of you, it might be scripture itself. This would be a great time, if you haven't done it yet, to begin a daily Bible reading. Maybe open the word of God to the Psalms where you would hear David talk about the anguish that came against him at times, but he would turn his heart to the Lord. Several times he would say, Soul, why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Maybe for you, it's staying connected to friends over the internet or over the phone, just texting and saying, how are you doing today? I'm thinking about you. Benny Hinn said, we get up and we say, good morning, Lord. First thing in the morning. But we don't only begin our day, we end it here too. Psalm 4.8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in in safety. Maybe you're not like me, but I can be so tired, especially on this medicine that I'm on. I can get so tired that I can barely stay awake sitting in my chair. And so finally we say it's time to go to bed. And Kayrid and I, we have a, a tradition that when we go to bed together at night, we turn and we pray together. And while I'm praying, I can even hear my words slurring. I'm so tired. I can't wait for my eyes to close so I can go to sleep. But the 
irony is that the moment I say amen and I turn over and I try to sleep, my mind becomes bombarded with all kinds of thoughts. Things that I have to do tomorrow. Things I want to do tomorrow. Or even worse, things that I've done wrong throughout the day. Or even worse, things I've done throughout my whole life that is wrong. Things that have been confessed, and forgiven, and cleansed. And they bombard my mind. But one of the things that I have learned is to train myself to take all of those thoughts and to turn them into prayer and to give them to God. But not only that, I remind myself of how good God really is. That God, you really have forgiven me. You really have washed me. You really have saved me. And you're sitting on the throne. You're a kind God. You're a merciful God. You didn't send coronavirus as a curse against our nation. You're a good, good father. And I remind myself, and I go to sleep at night with his greatness, his goodness, his kindness, his mercy upon my mind. I don't want all of the noise of this world to invade and consume me in the morning or at night. One of the things I have found so helpful in turning my thoughts towards him and to think about him directly is to recognize that all of us have worries and concerns. All of us are aware of what's going on with this coronavirus, this COVID-19. But the truth is, we were held in his hands before this, and we're held in his hands now. And I like to picture myself held in these huge hands that are God's. And he holds us firmly. And he says to us in John's gospel, no one can snatch us from his hands. No one and no thing. And I like to think about that throughout my days. He is good God. He's able. He's kind. He's able to save us. And that the name of Jesus is greater than the name coronavirus. Proverbs 3, 24 says, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Beginning your day and ending your day with God just somehow brings the rest of the day into a better place and a better focus. It's the parentheses that hugs our day from beginning to end. We have a God who sits on the throne, who reigns, who's supreme overall, even over this health crisis. And again, I'm not suggesting we stick our heads in the sand. I'm suggesting we keep our eyes on Jesus more than all of the rest of the stuff. I know this is challenging times for all of us. For some of you, you're home with your kids and it's not vacation. It's like, you know, a, a battle at times. I've watched some of the videos you have posted of your house and of your kids and I love it. I mean, that's real life. Thank you for that. It has allowed me some joy and some laughter in the midst of it all. I know it's a challenge with your kids, with your income. Some of you are out of work because of the mandate of the governor. And I understand your concern. I really do. I understand the, the sense of what are we going to do as we move along here. And we want you to know we care. So as you Find yourself in need. Don't, don't just hold it to yourself. Let us know. And maybe there's some way that we can help you. I don't know what that might be right now. But we're willing to believe God that we, as we pull together as a family, 
We'll make it through this without a problem. And God will help us. As I've said, if you have any needs or you just need to talk, call a friend, contact us. We'd be happy to text with you. We're not meeting with people in public. If you want to go outside, by the way, I had somebody just ask me yesterday, is it okay to go outside? Yes, it is. If you want to go outside and play in your yard with your family, that's fine. If you want to go for a walk, that's fine. We're just not supposed to be connecting with people. So it's okay to get outside to do that. It's okay to worship in your home. All of that is what God has availed to us. So although we are kind of being safe in our homes, it doesn't mean that we stop loving Jesus, loving people, and loving Warsaw. So I want to end this morning's time with just asking you to do something with me. Would you just take a deep breath for a moment? Go ahead, do that. Just take a deep breath. Do it again. You breathe in and you breathe out. The word for the Holy Spirit is pneuma, which means breath. As you breathe in, breathe in his presence. Right now, go ahead. Breathe it in. And as you breathe out, all the worries, all the concerns, all the clutter of the noise of this world. And I want to speak a blessing from the word of God over you. So would you hear the word of the Lord to you personally and to your family. Now, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And may that same peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you're also called into this body, being thankful for him. For who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or coronavirus? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, I thank you for the time that we have had together today and that you've given us the technology to be able to gather in our own homes, but nonetheless, together in spirit. In the same way that Paul was able to say to the Corinthians, though I'm not present with you in person, I'm present with you in spirit. We're able to do that. And like Paul, we might feel like we're in jail at times, but we're still loving people, loving God, and loving Warsaw. Lord, I pray for your protection over your people. I know that uh, there are many who feel like this is overblown, and there's some who feel like it's even bigger than that. Lord, regardless of where they stand, I pray your protection over them, that you would give them peace in their hearts, that they can trust you, Jesus, and that your grace will carry us all the way through. And then, Lord, give each one a heart to look beyond themselves, to stay connected to others, to check in on other people, just to make sure they're okay. And help us, Lord, in this time, to reconnect in a deep, in a personal way with you, morning and night. 
and then throughout our days. We ask in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. God richly bless you, and we'll see you again next week.